Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So, how many enjoying this series so far? You know, church planting is extremely difficult. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) Right? And so coming here, planting a church with all these churches around, like almost every block, right? Everywhere, huge churches. And I remember feeling overwhelmed. It's like, how are these strange people going to fly all the way from Connecticut to come and plant a church plant a thriving church here, right? So the Lord told me, he says, you don't need to focus on big buildings, even though we want one, some, amen. You don't need to focus on the things that you cannot control. Just focus on the people I send you. Come on. I was like, I got it. I got it. Because that's exactly what we did in Connecticut. Our roles, we we used to oversee all the ministries there, our counseling, and we always spent time with people. We poured into them. It's our passion. No one has to pay us to do this. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So God's saying, this is what what the church needs, right? We We need leaders to focus on healthy relationships or or making the church healthy. Amen. So this is what we focus on. So this series is near and dear to our hearts. Relational keys. See, we know that God God values relationships more than he values anything else. Yes. He said it in his first two commandments, right? What did he say? What's the first commandment? To love him unconditionally, right? To love him with all your heart, all your soul, with everything he said to love you. And then Jesus followed up. He says, you know what? You ought to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Ouch. He's talking about relationships. Yes. yes. He values relationships more than he values anything else. So we ought to value relationships, our relationship with him and others more than anything else. That is a challenge for Christian folks, right? It is a challenge. When people, it's, it's, it's strange to me when people say, I don't like people. How many Christians you heard say that? I don't like people. But they carry the title as a Christian. It's a conflict. That's a conflicting message. Yes. Right? You don't like people, but you say you love the Lord. It's hard to love the Lord and you don't like his people. Yes. Come on. Because God will always send you to people to love. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't like people, just see us after church. Pastor Leona will sit down with you, <laughs> yeah, Pastor do a little counseling, <laughs> set you off straight. Amen? So God, to God, relationships is of high importance yeah. and value. Yes. Right? So this is why 
we preach this series, right? Of the first, the first week, honest relationships, right? So the way you handle communications matters to God. Yeah. The way you communicate to one another matters. It's not just marriage. It's not just romantic relationships. It's your communication with your coworker, communication in church, communication with your family. It matters to God. If you're not lifting people up and tearing people down, that's that that, that, tearing people down doesn't move God. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It was talking about the way you speak to people, what comes out of your mouth. Yes, come on. The corrupt uh, speech. uh, It it grieves the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we ought to lift our words, ought to lift people up. Our communication matters. And attachment matters. What you preached about a a few weeks ago, attachment matters. Who you are attached to or what you are attached to matters. Amen. If it's unhealthy, it matters to God. See, God is a jealous God. He wants us to be attached to him, connected to him, stay connected to the vine. Amen. So God doesn't want us to have unhealthy attachment. Attachments matters. Amen. Yes. It would dictate your growth. Come on. Amen. And how you handle conflict matters. How you handle conflict matters. See, conflict will do two, either two things, right? Will do two things. It will, it will prove, first, it will actually prove where you are spiritually. Ouch. Yeah, because two things, it would do two things. It would either bring the best out of you or the worst. Yeah. The worst. A lot of times conflict bring, brings the worst out of uh, other people. Some people just avoid it altogether or just like stuff comes out of them when they, when they try, when they're in that conflict, when they have a disagreement with someone. Like words you didn't know that you were holding on to for years since 1975 just start coming out and one conflict is 2019 and you're talking about what happened in 1975. It just comes out. It's like, I don't know what happened. All this stuff was in me. It just came out of me. Amen? Just because we hold on. We avoid conflict all, all the time. Or we just don't know how to resolve conflict. Amen? So hopefully you took your conflict style test last week. Mm-hmm. Amen? We want to see those. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah see the conflict styles. Amen. Well, you sh- show them to her. <laughs> No, but it's important how we handle conflict. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We need to change our mentality and change our language from confrontation to carefrontation. Come on. Carefrontation. Right? So what what does that mean? So it's like, okay, if I have a conflict with you, I I value my relationship with you more than I value being right. I value my relationship with you more than anything else. Why? Because it matters to God. He is watching. He he is entrusting us with relationships. Are you with me? Yes. See, the reason why he created us was so that we could enjoy a relationship with with us in a relationship with him. Amen? Amen. It's, it's, see, God, that's why God redeems himself 
to us or he redeems us to him. Amen. So it's just like you're not you're not a part of anything. Look, listen, you, you are mine. Amen. You, you only have to answer to me. Thank God I don't have to answer to you. <laughs> right? We, we, we answer to God. He redeems us to ourselves. See, the only time God isn't happy when loneliness and separation happens. Right? So he saw Adam. He was all lonely. Amen. Coming home from work, naming all the animals, tending to the land. He was all lonely. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you some company. And he created Eve. Amen. So God doesn't want us alone. But sadly, so many people live their, live their lives treating relationships as cheap. Yes. That's not, that's not God. That's not God. Right? There are so many disposable relationships. It's like God sends people to your life to nurture them, to cultivate friendship and things like that. Like God is watching how we treat people. See, all God's best ideas involve relationship. Church, not church, church, family, business, and nation. So it's not perfect. They are not perfect, right? But it works better together. We work better together. Ecclesiastics 4.12 says, And though a man might prevail against one who was alone, two, everybody say two, two, two withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Threefold cord is not quickly broken. See, when we are in an agreement, when we are in an agreement, we know, we, in a, the agreement says that I value God, my relationship with God, and I value you. So no matter what we go through, this threefold cord would never be broken, would never be broken because we value one another and we value God. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. This yes. is good stuff. It's good stuff. Amen? Good stuff. This is good stuff. So are relationships of high value to you today? How can you grow deeper in your relationship with God and your relationship with others? It's a question that we ought to answer. Amen? Amen. And I think one way that we value relationships is to create a sense of safety, and that's our topic today. How do we create safe relationships? Let's think about what safety is, right? When I feel safe, I feel comfortable to be myself. There's room for diversity of thought. There's room to express my own opinions. And, and sometimes we think safety only has stuff to do with, it only has, uh, it, it's, it's related to manipulation and aggression, but oftentimes it's passive aggressive. I used to be passive aggressive. I was not a safe person to be in a relationship because I had that spirit of fear that we sang about when we were worshiping. And, and, and when you have that spirit of fear, you don't let people get close to you. You can be present but not present, amen? And so when you're passive aggressive, you're, a fi you're fearful of being yourself. And so you can't have quality relationships 
when you're not yourself. And, and, and so it's, it was a course of 24 years of walking with the Lord where I began, I talk about this old school word, sanctification. And it's a process of maturing in the spirit. And when you walk with God and the Holy Spirit says, that attitude has to go, amen? You have to be safe for God's people. Christians, sometimes we're not safe for God's people because we do things of the world. I'm not talking about having a bad day. I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about aggressive behavior. I'm talking about being selfish. And so one thing when I was thinking about this whole series, I said, this is impossible. You cannot create safety without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the fruit of the Spirit. And, and so I love this scripture. It says, Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we're going to focus on three safety keys, and, and it includes self-control, and it includes gentleness, and it includes peace. Because you need gentleness, and you need self-control, and you need peace if to have relationships. If you don't have peace in your own self, you're not going to be a safe person. When you don't have a sense of peace within yourself, you begin to connect in unhealthy ways. And we're going to talk about the first key to creating safety in relationships. You ready? You ready? First key to developing safety in relationships is commit to self-control. Ouch, just quiet in here. What happened to praise God? Hallelujah. You silence fear. Jesus. Jesus. They, they were, oh, man. But self-control, self-control. You cannot have self-control without self-awareness. For all you spiritual people, self-discernment. We're so busy trying to discern the spirits on other people that we don't have self-awareness. We're not discerning the spirits that are on ourselves, amen? We're so busy trying to set a standard for the body of Christ other than the word of God, amen? Other than the word of God. I'm not talking about living the godly standard. I'm talking about making your personal opinions a standard in which people need to live by. That doesn't create safety in relationships. I don't feel safe. I will not open up because you're in bondage to this, these laws and, and you, I think you should do this and anybody that doesn't do this I don't agree right and that's not Jesus that is not Jesus so we must commit to self-control if we want to have self-awareness you know a person that could control themselves by the Holy Spirit we can't do this on our own ladies and gentlemen and I don't want you to get into works thinking you can because we fail miserably when we try to keep the law Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. So we have this, this person of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside. And if we can access it, we will be a safe person. So the first thing, we want to ask God for discernment with your own self before trying to discern others. Amen? Amen? And, and, and I think that we have to give space for other people to disapprove of us. 
to, to have a disagreement. To, we try to control people with our disapproval. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah. It is it of God. As Christians, we have the tendency to think that being passionate for Christ means judging others. Right? We equate that with, well, I'm, I'm judging others. This is indeed the right thing to do. But how many of you know when you live a life filled with the Holy Spirit and when you are discerning yourself, you become a safe person and you attract more people to the body of Christ. I remember a situation about Oh, maybe like 15 years ago, and we had a big challenge in our family. It was like, it was just crazy. It was a lot of money situation, and lawsuits were flying, and it was just one of those things that people stopped talking to people over. Brothers and sisters, they're not talking, and I really love way you handle yourself because you handled the situation where you did not trash anyone. You spoke the truth and love. You dealt with the sin, but you did not trash people. Amen? And, and sometimes as Christians, when we get offended, we think we're justified in hurting people. We can be angry, but the scripture says, we ought not to sin. And, and I just really think that we don't understand that we must change in the body of Christ. Amen? If we're not really allowing the Holy Spirit to do his perfect, mature work in us, you're going to be stagnant. You're going to feel alone. You're going to feel isolated. If you feel isolated, I have a question to ask. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to move you? To have his way in you? Because it's attractive. There's nothing more attractive than a spirit-filled person. Amen? A person that is confident in the things of God. A person that relies on God for safety, and then they're able to create a safe environment. And I just really think that um, we fail because we fail. Am I okay? Okay. We fail. There we go. We fail because we rely on our flesh. And I just want to liberate some people today. It is not in the flesh that we overcome. It is by the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. And if you just abide and let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life, you will be surprised at the level of self-control and self-discernment that you have. Amen? Amen. And before I turn it over to you, I just say that it's like, what do I, how do I practically do that? I have to welcome the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in my life daily. Do you have that presence? Do you have that practice, rather? Do you just say, do you just pray your perfunctory prayers? You know, bless my father, bless my mother, Lord, pay my bills. You know, do what you got to do. Fix them, Lord. They're not safe. These people going to drive me crazy. Or do we say, Lord, I welcome you. I praise you. I can't love them in my own strength. But 
apart from your spirit, I will fail all the time. I welcome you in my living room. I welcome you in my prayer closet. I welcome you to dwell in me so I have that supernatural peace, that supernatural faith, that supernatural love. It's not in my own self. People say, you're so kind. I said, it's the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive grace, when you receive the grace of God, you're less judgmental. Just remember what the Lord has brought you from. And then you will be a safe person. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, so the second key is to commit to developing the fruit of gentleness. Mm. The fruit of gentleness. See, the spirit of, of gentleness is a safe person. Well, a safe person has the spirit of gentleness on them. Amen. So God, when God sends you uh, someone, he wants you to be gentle with them. Because that's what he's like with us. Amen. Paul talks about this. He, he gives us a glimpse of how he treated others. In First, First Thessalonians uh, 2, 7, it says, But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Wow. Amen. So gentleness is that spirit of gentleness. So gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. It's That's called good. meekness. It's called meekness, right? It's meekness means power under control. Yes. Power under control. See, our Father in, that is in heaven is so powerful, but he never abuses his power. Mm. We serve a meek God. Is anyone with me? Yes. He is gentle with us. He is, he is meek. He, is, he has power that's under control. Are you with me? So God doesn't want us to abuse the power that he's giving us. Amen? So he always wants us, we just talked about self-control. He always wants our attitudes and our actions under control. Are you with me so far? So meekness is the power under control. So it's like your approach is is a, a tender, compassionate approach toward others, uh, others' weaknesses and limitations. Mm. You don't abuse your power. That's how God treats us. He's compassionate, right, toward us, our toward our weaknesses and our limitations. Amen. Because He says that His strength is made what perfect. And our weakness, that is a meek God. That is a gentle God. He doesn't, it's okay to be weak when you are around, when you are in the presence of God. Yes. You can be weak because he will make you strong. So don't worry about it. I'm going to redeem you back to me. I got you. You don't have to do this alone. Amen? I am gentle with you, so we need to be gentle with others. Amen? Many people confuse meek with weak. Uh Uh-oh. Amen? But meekness requires strength. 
it requires a lot of strength to hold back your words. Things that you really want to say to someone, but you refuse to say it. It takes a strong person, a strong person to hold back, a strong person to be obedient to God. That's what you're saying. And so we confuse meek with being weak. Yeah. No, but it's the total, it's easier to be weak. It's just like tell people how you actually feel all the time. <laughs> That's not biblical. My Bible says slow to speak, yes. quick to listen. Yes. So that means you need to think about what you're thinking about. Amen. Amen. A gentle person still speaks the truth, sometimes even painful truth, but in doing so, guards his, his or her tone so the truth can be, be well received. Hmm. So as a gentle person or a gentle approach, you still want to speak the truth, but you speak the truth in love. Like how is this person going to receive what I have to say? And see, when you do that, when you ask the Lord to give you wisdom, right, he would give you, he would give you such words, gentle words to speak. You know how when, when you're sitting down with someone and you have to resolve a conflict, but their presence makes you just feel so comfortable? Yeah. It was just like you get so nervous, you have all this anxiety when you have to sit down with someone, but they're just sitting there, just extremely humble, with a humble spirit. And it's like every word that comes out of their mouth, you'd be like, this is God. Yeah. Like I have, I no longer have anxiety or things like that. You can have tough conversation, right? Yeah. But it goes really well. There is a such thing. You can get breakthrough through conflict. Yes. Amen. Doesn't have to be a bad thing. You get to know a person even better. I love that. Share your heart with me. Amen. If we have to discuss something tough, I, it's okay. At the end of the day, we're going to wake up. We're going to love each other. We're going to get up and love each other more. Amen. 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 Praise God. But you have to have that gentle spirit. It's like, okay, okay, I'm going to sit down with you. Okay, I value my relationship with God, and I value my relationship with you. That matters the most. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So what comes out of my mouth should be gentle. Amen? So Jesus tells us how to do this. He says in Matthew 11, uh, 11, 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, mm. and you will find rest in your yes. souls. That means rest. if you do this the right way, like you have peace. <laughs> You have peace. How many have tried to handle conflict and it didn't go so well and you just, just feeling like just tore up inside, whatever, amen? But some, if you handle things the right way, amen, you will have peace. If you handle people in a gentle way, you will have peace. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of meekness to do that. You have to be in control. Mm. Meekness is power under control. Yes. Are you yes. with me? Yeah. And, and I think about the timing of a thing. I think oftentimes Christians just have this, this blanket idea that I must solve every conflict. I must restore every relationship. But we don't have that discernment to really see that 
that's not the case. You don't go, it's like, if I have a problem, I want to fix it or I want to avoid it, right? But we don't stop to allow God to interrupt that process of conflict and say, God, what do you want to do? Is it not now? Is it to stop? I'm working on that person. We don't ask God for consultation and, and direction, and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us when it comes to that. Yes, yes. So, so gentleness, gentleness. See, a gentle, gentle thoughts toward a person, and we can liberate them. Mm. Amen? But a, but a, a rough thought yeah. or toward a person, right, mm-hmm. right, can trap them. It's though sometimes we have those toxic thoughts yeah. toward a person. Mm-hmm. And we need to identify those toxic thoughts because it keeps, keeps people trapped. Yeah. Amen. How many ever heard of that all or nothing type of mentality? Mm-hmm. When people have just like all, all of nothing, it's a trap. Amen. So when thinking in all or nothing terms, you split your views to two extremes. Yeah. Right? Uh, black and white. white. Black and white. There's no middle ground. That means there's no room for grace. Uh-oh. It's either this way or this way. There's no grace. You're not saying that, but with your actions and with that mentality, that's what you give off. All right? It leaves no room for any grace or any gray areas. Amen? Amen. So that all of nothing mentality, we, we just trap first ourselves, right? We trap ourselves. It's, it's, with, it's an absolutist mentality thinking or style of thinking, and it results to irrational judgments like, I failed on a test, so that makes me a failure. Right? So then it's like it becomes a performance thing. Um, Sometimes people serve the Lord that way. When they, when they fail at something, they think that they are failures. And so God is, doesn't care so much with our, with our performance, right? It's, it's with our relationship with him. Amen? So sometimes we have that, that mentality, that all or nothing mentality. It's like, so if I don't do it the right way the first time, I am a failure. I failed at a relationship, so now no one will ever love me again. Wow. That's that all or nothing mentality. God doesn't want us to think that way. Yes. Amen? See, what happens is with that mentality, you put unrealistic demands on yourself yep. and on others. Right? So we trap others because you were hurt in the past, so you don't, so you don't want to trust again. Mm. Amen? When someone makes a mistake, there's no room for, for grace. We'll become rigid and, and hard and things like that. And so no one can live up to your standards. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's no room. There's no room for it. There's no room for grace. So can we, like, challenge that thinking right now? Yes. Can we challenge that thinking? Maybe it's not you, but maybe you can take these notes and help someone else. Amen. <laughs> because I'm sure that all of us here, we got it all together. We are good. This is why we come to church is because we have it all together. Uh-oh. Amen. So it's okay. So let's speak for others. Amen. So let's challenge this, this all of nothing thinking. Right. The first way we challenge that is to be honest with your feelings. Like I'm feeling a certain way. Right. 
So really confront of how, how you feel. Don't try to sugarcoat it like this is the way I feel. Be honest the way you feel. Don't try to gloss over your emotions. Be honest of how you feel. But the gentle spirit acknowledges the truth of what is being felt. Yeah. That's what a gentle spirit is, is about. Amen? So if you are sad, you are sad. If you are angry, you are angry. Just don't sin. Amen. Be honest. See, pretending that nothing's wrong, nothing will change. Right? If nothing changes, nothing nothing changes. changes. Amen. So it starts off being honest of how you feel. It's okay to tell God, say, I'm angry. Because it's 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 good to tell him that first. (laughs) So he can stop you in your tracks. He'd be like, okay, okay, okay. Sit down for a minute because I don't want you to go talking to anybody else. (laughs) Amen. I want you to be gentle, not rough with them. Amen. So you just stop right here. You need to get yourself together. All right. Just you and I, we're going to talk about this thing. Why are you angry? Tell God, this is why I'm angry. Amen. But stay in that secret place until he speaks to you, until you get deliverance, until you get wisdom. Amen. So that way, when you go speak to someone else, it's it's with a gentle spirit. That's good. Are you with me? Yes. And yes. the second thing we do, second thing we do, because I want to pass it to, to, to my wife. The second thing we have to do, use the space between your feelings and your response. Mm. I'm going to so let, let that sit a little bit, a little marinate a little bit. So it's that feeling when you start, when you get triggered with the feeling, right? Use that space between your response. Don't just respond every time you feel something. That's so good. You take a step back and you say, okay, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. It's doing that work. It's doing that work. You may think that this is not good. It's, it's impossible to, to do this in the, in the midst of, 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 a, of a conflict or something like that. It can happen. Yes. God can quicken your spirit. See, to, in your minds, in our minds, fleshly minds, right? It's impossible that yes. we can do this, right? But through, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? So if you're walking in the spirit of God, the spirit will always stop you, amen? He will always stop you and just say, oh, wait a second. Quicken your spirit and be like, okay, you are angry. It's not good. Don't talk to that person. Not yet, Amen? We need to do some work within us. So it's use that space between your feeling and your response. Amen? See, a gentle person, are, um, they are not reactionary. It's tough to be around someone that's just always reacting based on their feelings. It was just like just every little thing, you know, you spend a day with them. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they just cut me off. Why are they doing that? Where do they think they're going? They don't have to be in a rush. Just stop it. Blowing the horn and driving crazy. And then you, you go somewhere else with them. They're going off on the waiter and this and that. There's always reactionary. It's like always in their feelings. Uh-oh. Amen. Uh-oh. Being in my feelings all day long is a dangerous place to and be. And exhausting. It's dangerous. Yes, it's very exhausting. Are you just saying that my feelings or is it every is it everyone collectively or is it me sure okay so it's so so it's like it's like it's tough to be around a person right that's always reactionary just always like I just want to have a good time can we just be regular (laughs) like enjoy the moment right it's tough to be around people that's always in their feelings always in their feelings right 
And don't respond imme immediately, right? We just talked about it. don't respond. Gentle people don't respond immediately. It's called a filter. It's called a filter. It's take those toxic thoughts, you filter it through the presence of the Lord, and Come it on. comes out in gentle. Woo! It's called a filter. It works. It can work. But you can't do it alone. You have to do it through the Spirit yes. of God. Yes, that's so good. You got to walk with the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. So just stop and take a step back and evaluate how you actually feel. So it sounds, it may sound weak to people, but it takes a strong person yes. to give a gentle response. Mm. Amen. Now we discuss two keys. We want to commit to self-control, and which is self-awareness, and we want to commit to the fruit of the spirit. The third key is to commit to developing the fruit of peace. Ooh, ouch. And before we can, can do that, we must evaluate and we must bring to the Lord some things that need to be dealt with. Because I know for myself, when I'm struggling in an area, uh-oh, uh-oh, when I'm struggling in an area, it's so easy to see your struggle in that area. So you want to ask the Lord, is there any unyielded, do I have an unyielded spirit in anything, in any way? Do I have any unconfessed? confess sin that I need to deal with because it's so hard when you're riddled with your own guilt to walk in peace with others. It's so hard to deal with conflict with someone else because you're able to look at that log in their eye but you're not confessing if you have any unhealthy attachments, any familial religious spirits on you. You need to deal with the you. We're talking about peacemakers. Yes. How many want to be peacemakers? Because I want to see God. Peacemakers. Walk in peace. So are you grieving the Holy Spirit with an area that you need to confess? It's wonderful because Jesus gave people an out. I love it. That woman caught in adultery and they're ready to stone her. And then he just started writing something. I can't wait. That's the first thing I want to ask when I go to heaven. What were you writing on the ground? You know, because I'm nosy like that. Um, <laughs> but it's so true. He gave an out. He said, he is without sin. Cast the first stone. But he said, go and sin no more. Jesus loves us, but he's serious about sin. Oh, he's serious about sin. But it's tempered with love. He wants us because he knows our testimony will be nothing when we're judging others and we're trying to conflict and get this right, but we're ignoring that log in our own eye. And, and I also think that, you know, we have an intellectual pride that we have to get rid of sometimes. You know, we think that, oh, I know how this needs to be figured, how to handle this person because this person controlled me in the past and, and I know that intellectual pride thinking that we can do it and we don't do what Proverbs 3 says, acknowledge God in all our ways and he will direct our path. Right, this is Holy Spirit living. This is walking in the spirit, right? The daily issues, we think it's all supernatural and I love the supernatural and I welcome the supernatural, but we have to deal with the practical issues with are we safe people? I don't wanna care, I don't care about your miracles if you don't have love. 
We have to get this love walk. I say it all the time because Jesus was bragging on us. He said he, we, he would know, the world would know us by our love for one another. He didn't say our miraculous behaviors and our miraculous feats and our ability to teach and how much we memorize. I love memorizing the word, but it's through our love for one another. And so we must walk in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, uh, Matthew 5, 9 says, for they will be called children of God. Do you want to be called children of God today? Do you want to be seen as someone that is full of peace and full of power? Amen. And so we must allow God to allow us to be peacemakers. And, And we can't do it in our own strength. You need strength to be a peacemaker, amen? Just like Pastor G said, we need strength to be uh, peacemakers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And number two, you need focus to be a peacemaker. I'm easily distracted. And so I'm just like, ooh, shiny, they're over here. No, 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 no. Stay focused. Stay focused. So what must I do? I like to meditate. I have these uh, uh, scriptures. I'm in Isaiah 9. I'm memorizing part of that chapter. But it helps to create focus when you meditate on the word of God. Finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, in Philippians 4, 8, it said, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Don't meditate on the conflict. Don't meditate on your hurt feelings. Don't meditate on the past because the past will become your future. I want people to be around me. I want to attract that, that, that grace and that power of God. So I must meditate on things that are good. Why? Because it attracts the grace and the power of God in my life. Amen? Because those things that, those thoughts, those things that we meditate on and those words that we speak are seeds. We're talking about planting for the future right? So what you're thinking, what you're meditating on. You know, I talked to people, I talked to one family member and I said, I can't talk to her when I'm, when I'm going through because it's just like the world is going to come to an end. Oh, you see the news? You hear about that girl in Houston? Oh, she thinks Houston is right near me. Every time bad, something bad happens in Texas, oh, watch out for the tornadoes. It's like, leave me alone. <laughs> this conversation will kill me before a tornado. Gentleness. Gentleness. I know, but come on. You have to guard your heart. Some of us are passive with the attachments and what they allow into their ear gate, into their mouth gate, but you need to be aggressive what you let attach to you. You have to be aggressive about what spirit you allow around you. So you want to be aggressive? Get aggressive with the things that are not of God. Amen? And so I just really want you to get that, and and especially when it comes to conflict resolution. You know, uh, Jesus, I think of that term, shake the dust off your feet. You know, when you have conflict, you either wait until the Lord tells you, You get word to let it go. You get word to confront it. And the beauty about having the spirit of peace, I really want you to get this if you get nothing else today. The beauty about having the spirit of peace is that when you've done all you can, 
Woo. When you've given it to God, when you heard what he said, you can shake the dust off your feet if they don't receive what you said. It's scriptural. We think that we have to save every relationship, but that's not of God. Who's my mother? Who's my brother? Anyone that does the will of God is my mother and my brother. So just think about the attachments. Think about who you're connecting to. And is Jesus your number one attachment? Because then you will be so discerning. You will have self-awareness. You will have the spirit of gentleness. And you will have the spirit of peace. So people would see that you are anointed and you are a child of God. There's nothing like a Christian who is stuck in conflict and, does, and they don't have peace. It's that they're not accessing. They're looking for something on the outside for someone else to change. But... I resolved it in my prayer closet, and I have peace. Amen. Hallelujah. That was good. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you, and have a great rest of the week.